Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? Conspiracy Farm, go, check it out. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are off to the races for another episode for the archives of the Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson, as always, riding shotgun with my boy, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich. How are we doing today, champ? I am in a splendid mood, sir, and uh, I am ready to roll. We have a lot of great questions to ask our guest, who's been on several times and always brings a great deal of knowledge and some shocking knowledge, actually, many times. Yeah, it's always pretty shocking when we get her on, but she's always out there doing the diligent work, man. She is a warrior. You know, she is really putting a lot on the line. Um, but before we get started, you know, support the farm, support the sponsors, theconspiracyfarm.com, you know, archived episodes, plenty of sponsors with incredible products. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked that she's taking the time out to talk with us today. Just going to give a quick bio. If you've heard, haven't heard the show before, Diliana is a Bulgarian journalist and Middle East correspondent. She's published a series of reports on weapons supplies to terrorists in Syria and Iraq. In December of 2016, while reporting on the Battle of Aleppo, she discovered and filmed underground warehouses, warehouses full of heavy weapons with Bulgaria as their country of origin. They were used by Al-Nusra Front, the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria, which is designated as a terrorist organization by the U.N., Diplomatic doc- documents which were leaked to her revealed that these weapons were just a small part of a covert international weapons shipment, shipment network via 350 diplomatic flights for armaments of terrorists in the Middle East and Africa. Wow. And uh, we're going to get into it. Diliana, how are you doing today, ma'am? I'm uh, fine. Thank you for having me again on your program. Well, absolutely. You are always, always welcome because... Um, Again, you're one of the few journalists out there actually doing journalism. But uh, how's your summer been? I mean, how's life been treating you? Um, I've been uh, investigating again uh, weapon supplies to terrorists, uh, this time to Yemen, uh, to the Islamic State in Yemen. Wow. So, again, nothing has changed. Like we just said kind of in the bio, she really kind of blew the lid off of this story about, you know, weapons, NATO weapons uh, being found facilitating arming terrorists in, in Syria. And as I've even seen, you know, weapons have gone to Afghanistan. Weapons are going to Yemen, like you said. Um, like I said, Diliana, man, if you can go on and research her, which I've obviously done a little bit, you know, having her on a few times, she's really out there doing the work. And a particular video that really has stuck with me is you were in, I believe, Brussels, possibly. You confronted the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health, Robert Cadlick. And I'm jumping the gun here to some of the bioweapon stuff, which we're going to get into. But you were basically telling him there's plenty of evidence out there about these bioweapons facilities, biomedical facilities, laboratories in 25 different countries all throughout the world, Eurasia, Africa, Europe. And they tried to kick you out and they tried to escape in this elevator and you hounded them in the elevator. That's journalism, man. That's journalism. Um, actually, they kicked me out. <laughs> yeah, they kicked you out of the parliament. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, very disturbing because um, I went to cover a conference uh, about biological weapons and uh, I asked uh, questions, which was uh, the right thing to do. I mean, this was uh, 
conference on biological weapons and they just didn't like my questions and <laughs> kicked me out of the parliament, which was very, very humiliating for them, not for me. No, exactly, because, you know, you had the evidence. But before we get to the bio stuff, like you said, we're finding out that um, as things sort of close down in Syria, but there is still reports that weapons are still kind of going to Syria and there are still conflicts in Syria, you're now hearing about weapons being funneled through European countries, specifically um, in Serbia. A Serbia factory called Krusik, you're finding, is shipping weapons to places in the Middle East, Qatar, and it's winding up in Yemen. Talk to us a little bit about the new weapons trade facilitation that you've now found out coming through Serbia? Uh, recently, I anonymously received an explosive documents from the Serbian state-owned arms manufacturer Krusik, including emails, internal memos, contracts, photos, delivery schedules, and packing lists with lot numbers of weapons and uh, their buyers. Among the leaked documents, I also received uh, scanned passports of arms dealers and government officials from the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. Wow. They visited the Serbian arms factory to purchase weapons. I'm talking about mortar shells and rockets. I'm talking about heavy weapons. On behalf of the U.S. government, Saudi Defense Ministry, and the Emirati Army, some of these weapons, however, have ended up uh, with uh, terrorists in Yemen, and I'll explain how I um, how I found this out. Uh, after I received all these documents, I was shocked because they were about uh, three million pieces of uh, mortar shells and rocket, and I oh, wanted God. to discover the a location to which uh, these uh, tons of uh, heavy weapons had been uh, shipped and I traced back two particular lots of Serbian mortar shells whose identification marks were clearly visible um, in Islamic State videos and photos in Yemen. I used uh, the documents that were leaked to me from the Serbian arms factory Krusik to find out uh, who had originally ordered and purchased these two lots of weapons. In the first case, what I found out was that the buyer was a private American company which purchased this uh, 82mm mortar shells in the hands of uh, Islamic State terrorists in Yemen on behalf of the US government. And according to the documents, um, um, this was under a U.S. federal contract for the delivery of non-U.S. standard weapons to Afghanistan. However, the same lot of weapons appeared in this recent video of uh, the Islamic State in Yemen. In the second case, um, I found uh, that um, another lot of uh, Serbian weapons uh, uh, featured in uh, Islamic State uh, photos uh, in Yemen was purchased by Saudi Arabia, by the Saudi uh, Ministry of Defense. And the exporter from Serbia was a private company, private Serbian company, represented by the Serbian Vice Prime Minister's father. So it was, uh, here we are talking about um, corruption on very high levels. Right. Uh, many, 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 many governments. Now, it is not only uh, the US government, also the Serbian government, so the government and all the countries involved. 
and you're you're able to even track down some of the the airways, you know, uh, Kalita Air, Atlas Air. Uh, you're able through Flight Manifest to, to find out that these weapons, in this particular case, was was going to Qatar. I found out in the documents uh, the existence of a secret uh, U.S. Special Operations Command unit codenamed uh, Task Force Mockingham, which um, has been deployed uh, uh, in Croatia since 2017. And this Task Force Mockingham uh, has been tasked with diverting tons of uh, arms and ammunition from Europe uh, via Qatar, Ayudate military airbase, to Syria. And uh, these uh, weapons were transported on trucks from Serbia to Croatia, from where they were transported on uh, um, American, uh, on American Pentagon chartered uh, uh, flights to uh, the Middle East and the uh, two air company uh, which were chartered for these flights with weapons were Kalita Air and uh, Atlas Air. These are two private American air companies. Are flying overhead right now, sounds like. <laughs> oh, yes. I, 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 this is not Kalita Air or <laughs> Atlas Air, but um, these two companies, um, um, they are... They have very lucrative uh, contracts, federal contracts, contracts uh, for the delivery of diplomatic uh, cargo and also sensitive cargo, including narcotics wow. uh, for the U.S. government and for the Pentagon. So how does this tie into, um, you know, we, we caught wind from some of my connections as far as uh, the, the, the CIA programs or, or American programs version of arming ISIS and al Al-Nusra uh, was ceased by the Trump administration, but are there obviously there's still actors within the within potentially the agency in the Pentagon, as you mentioned, who are facilitating continued arms shipments um, in into Syria, Iraq, and and Yemen, of course. All these documents um, they prove that uh, the weapons supplies have never ended and that they continue to this day. So no matter what uh, officials announce and uh, the Trump administration administration claims, it is not true. The flow of weapons uh, continue to the Middle East, to different war zones, uh, including Yemen, Afghanistan, Syria. Nothing has changed. Just uh, probably the routes have changed. Right. changed because, yeah. uh, since 2017, they changed uh, the location, this arms depot in Europe, from where the weapons uh, are shipped. Now it is Croatia. Before it was Baku, the Azeri um, capital, from where uh, the Azeri state-run uh, company Silkway Airlines uh, transported uh, all these weapons to different locations uh, using diplomatic flights. Now right. the same is. Uh, via American carriers, but they, again, they carry out uh, diplomatic flights. So right. actually nothing has changed. That, uh, it, there is just change in the locations, in the routes, but the players are, are the same. Nothing has changed. The, the scheme is the same. Well, and you have, um, yeah, like you said, our good friends at Silkway Airlines being utilized now by Alliance Techno Systems who are doing their role shipping 
uh, weapons to Afghanistan. So it's it's everywhere. It's crazy. That's what I was going to ask if Silk Ray was still being used or if they had shipped or moved completely away from 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 them. Actually, you're absolutely right. They continue uh, using Silk Ray. Now they are using a, uh, a subsidiary which is called Silk Ray West. Airlines, but it is basically the same. It is again uh, a subsidiary of Silkway, uh, and uh, nothing has changed. The, the diplomatic flights with weapons continue to war zones around the world. And Silkway is be, uh, being that Azerbaijani airline that we've spoken about on previous episodes. Yes, it is uh, an Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan state-run uh, company, and they use their status as being a, a state-run company. For diplomatic flights, uh, which is uh, very scandalous for me because the whole state of Azerbaijan uh, abuses the power that uh, the, the, Azuri embassy, uh, the Azuri embassy has in different countries. They request diplomatic clearance for flights with weapons. Of course, they receive this diplomatic clearance. And uh, this is how the scheme works, because diplomatic flights are exempt of checks, inspections, and air bills. Mm. And these, these, these wars in Syria and Yemen um, reportedly are for basically regime, regime change and to uh, run pipe, Saudi pipelines through Syria uh, out to the Mediterranean Sea and then the Gulf of Aden through Yemen, if, 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 I've, you know, if I'm correct. Uh, in Yemen, uh, what I discovered was uh, shocking because it turns out that uh, while the U.S. government uh, officially uh, is fighting the Islamic State in Syria, it is secretly supplying arms to the same terrorists in Yemen. Right. How exactly they divert the weapons from Afghanistan to Yemen. This is um, another question, and this is a topic for uh, a, a topic of another investigation. But um, the Pentagon and all the American private contractors and the Serbian uh, arms factory that manufactured the weapons, they all uh, uh, refuse to comment on these facts. Uh, and uh, yet, I have uh, had no 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 comment by any of. The, of uh, the parties involved. Of course not. My goodness, why would they want to keep their their, their money stopped from flowing? You know, you you actually you lost your job. You know, reporting on this when you found out the weapons in Aleppo. It, how does this? How do people take this kind of information in your neck of the woods? Your friends, your family members, or people you know you hang out with, or just in 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 your area over there. How do they? What do they think about this? This is very uh, painful question because. Uh, People not only in Bulgaria but also in Serbia. After I published uh, the last investigation, many people in Serbia contacted me. They supported me morally, uh, but they are very afraid to to speak up because um, we are small countries, and um, I guess it is not much different from the West. By the way, because I was also con contacted uh, by Western journalists, and some of them told me that uh, they could not publish anything because wow. they are afraid that they will lose their job. And I, I sent uh, documents to 
very world-famous uh, journalists uh, and media organizations, they, they wanted to investigate uh, this story and they didn't publish anything, which is very indicative of yeah. um, the gravity of the scheme and uh, also of uh, um, the dependence of all journalists uh, who claim to be investigative journalists. They right, serve yeah. their governments, not the interest of the public. Well, and again, you know, Smedley Butler said war is a racket. And when you upset this apple cart, you're talking about multi-billions, if not trillions of dollars. And because always, always, honestly, in these in these war torn areas, you're dealing in other other trades as well. There's always people. There's always people's body parts, unfortunately. I mean, this is a this is a very dark, dark network that um, it's it's just so crazy because it's just on its face. It's just inverting reality. They're telling us. They're trying to stop terror and they're trying to spread democracy, but in fact, they're putting weapons in the hands of these people. It's just, it's, it's just on its face, just insane. It's hard to get your mind around sometimes. Yes, this is uh, the sad reality because people, people can't imagine that this is possible. But if you think logically, even without having all these hundreds of documents, if you think logically, how is that uh, possible? Um, the Islamic State, for instance consists of fighters, foreign fighters from all around the world. Yeah. How is that possible? They were almost destroyed in Syria. How come that these terrorists appeared in Yemen? And from where do they take their weapons? Given the fact that uh, I'm talking uh, 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 about official statements, everybody uh, fights them. Then from where do they take these weapons? There are not so many options. I mean, not so many borders. For instance, in Syria, the Islamic State, or let's talk about uh, the Al-Qaeda affiliates in Syria, Al-Nusra Front, that are now fighting in Syria. Right. They are almost closed. I mean, they're enclosed. And, uh, it is an area which is uh, uh, circled by... Uh, Syrian government forces, Russian forces, almost from all sides. They have only um, one border, which is uh, uh, the Turkish border. So it is absolutely logical. From where do they take weapons? Uh, through Turkey. There is no other option. The same in Yemen. Uh, the Islamic State, there, all of them claim that they fight the Islamic State. Saudi Arabia, the United States also um, claims that they fight uh, the Islamic State in Yemen. But the Islamic State in Yemen is uh, very powerful now and they are well equipped. And if you watch their propaganda videos, you can see them heavily armed uh, with uh, very professional equipment, uh, which is not obvious to, uh, which is not uh, possible to happen if uh, some powerful um, country or government uh, hasn't uh, supplied them. Yeah, just crazy. Pat, jump in, man. My brain's melting. Well, I mean, look, um, it's it's disheartening to to learn that the weapon shipments continue, that the war rages on still, um, no matter what administration is in. It's it's you know whether it's you know, no matter what president it is, it's 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 sad. And 
we you know have to shine a light on this stuff. We have to make people aware of it. And whether it's you know we started out with you know the Clinton State Department. I remember all the way back. Gosh, I can't even remember how long it's been now. Seeing John McCain on CNN with what they termed or or coined them as the Free Syrian the Free Syrian Army. Yeah. And I immediately called one of my intelligence uh, friends and said, "Dude, seriously, what are we doing?" And you know he filled me in on a lot of that. So it's just it it's disheartening to know that it's continuing and. And I'm glad that that uh, Diliana has the guts to yeah. to expose this. And honestly, Diliana, I mean, have you had emails or messages on your phone or anything like that? You know, where people have actually threatened you? Um, no, they don't uh, work that way. But uh, what happened was that uh, when I published the last part of the investigation uh, about. Um, um, how the Serbian Vice Prime Minister's father uh, exported, exported weapons uh, to Saudi Arabia on papers, which uh, appeared in uh, the hands of uh, the Islamic State in Yemen. Uh, somebody attacked uh, the Serbian Vice Prime Minister to a post with a link to this article, and literally uh, 30 minutes later, my website was uh, subjected to um, GDOS attack, and it lasted a few hours. My hosting provider coped with uh, this attack. Uh, the site was back, and then again, a second. Uh, it was DDoS for a second time uh, for uh, about a few hours. So we had to block all Serbian IPs. Uh, or Serbia wow. as a whole from accessing uh, the website and the, the people who ordered this DDoS attack, uh, they actually achieved uh, their goal, uh, namely to prevent Serbian people from uh, reading this article and uh, wow. um, knowing what their government uh, has been doing. But um, luckily, uh, <laughs> Somebody in Serbia uh, had um, uh, saved a PDF of this article and yes. it's very fast. So um, they couldn't uh, hide this information from the Serbian people. And uh, it became a huge scandal in Serbia because uh, this is a high ranking official uh, with um, arms sales to a war zone. This and terrorists in war zone. This is a huge scandal there. Well, even though you said they haven't come at you in that way, just make me feel better and let everybody know that you have no intentions of hurting yourself. You have no intentions of driving off a cliff or hanging yourself or anything like that. Please do that for me. A little insurance policy. (laughs) I I want to live a very long life and to investigate uh, more and more uh, stories like this so i have no intention to hurt myself or anybody there you go i appreciate your humor yeah it's for the archives ladies and gentlemen keep your hands off deliana what were you gonna say pat no i was gonna i was gonna go back to we had talked about the the disappearance of a massive number of children out of Yemeni, uh, Yemen hospitals and the parents uh, were being interviewed and saying that they had no idea where their children had gone. They, they brought them in 
um, for what's it, what was the outbreak? Was it cholera or what was the outbreak in Yemen due to the war and the water, the water supply being disrupted? And and then the children were just literally disappearing out of the hospital by the hundreds. Uh, the fact is that, that nobody uh, cares about the, the children in Yemen. I can't imagine that international bodies and organizations, world organizations such as the United Nations, can't uh, do anything, can't stop this war. I myself uh, sent a letter to the United Nations and to Interpol because they have uh, special programs for our arms trafficking. They have such units which are supposed to investigate arms trafficking and they never get uh, never got back to me. This is not uh, important for them. I uh, sent uh, links to this investigation which um, uh, which is based entirely on hundreds of documents, also leaked passports. So if they want to, they can uh, interrogate all these people and uh, they really can make a change. And they, they just don't want to, yeah. And stop this war, but nobody cares. I, um, I was very sad when I watched uh, this child, uh, Greta, at the United Nations, and it became a huge, uh, huge scandal around the world. No matter if you like her or, or not, or this is not uh, the issue for me now. I don't mention Greta because uh, I want to. Uh, bring the topic about climate change, not right. at all. I just said because nobody will uh, uh, invite uh, Yemeni children. I uh, saw many photos of Yemeni children with placards uh, reading, stop the war in Yemen, we want to study. These children are simply ignored. You can see hundreds of photos, uh, gut-wrenching photos of uh, starving children, uh, literally dying from hunger, babies, uh, malnourished, uh, pregnant mothers uh, who have nothing to eat, and nobody cares. And uh, this is so because the main players in Yemen are the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. And this is a proxy war between Iran and all these three countries. Yeah. And the result is this. Um, uh, in Yemen in particular, every 10 minutes, a child dies from preventable preventable diseases. Yeah, and we know that there were what approximately seventeen thousand children's organs harvested in a four-year period in Syria alone. So we we have a pretty good idea, unfortunately, what's happening to a lot of these children that are disappearing over in Yemen. So it's 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 shocking, and it and it needs to have a light shown on it. And you're exactly right. You know the 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 whole Greta sideshow. At the UN was uh, was in in my mind, uh, you know, it was it was complete and utter propaganda, um, and it, it, we we definitely need children from Yemen at the UN uh, speaking on this because it's an absolute nightmare over there for them. Unfortunately, there is nobody who will invite them, and uh, we can only see these children uh, uh, with their placards. Uh, from the battlefield in Yemen, but we will never see the, these children in the in at the United Nations or other international organizations. Well, it's, it's something we brought up here, and it's different for everybody. But I think a large reason why that is allowed to play out like that, and we don't care 
because it's not our kid. The lack of empathy <laughs> for other people's suffering, whether it's Palestine or Syria or these places where literally the U.S. and her allies, and I, mean, I love this country, so it's not even about that, but our government is doing horrible, horrible things in our names and, in, and inflicting just incredible human rights abuses and borderline genocide and organ harvesting and trafficking. I mean, it's just it's just insane what's happening. And like you said, which is really unfortunate, and we talk about it also on the show, how the mainstream media is just in the pocket. It's just a mouthpiece of the state, essentially. There's nobody willing to risk what you've risked to get the real story out because they're just, you know, they're just covering the butt of this kind of operation, which I said, you know, talking trillions of dollars. Because the journalists, um, I think uh, actually journalism nowadays is an empty word. I don't see any use of journalism uh, anymore. Because when I received so many messages from foreign, from Western journalists, and then they made excuses, uh, for instance, um, uh, my editor gave me to work on another story, but um, I'll call you later. Of course, they never right. called me later. Or, uh, please, please send us these documents. We'll investigate. Uh, there was a case with a British broker who mediated uh, uh, an arms deal with weapons for Syria uh, between the U.S. government and the Serbian state-owned uh, arms factory. And uh, the journalists... Uh, to whom I sent documents, uh, of course, never published a word because uh, it is not. Uh, we are not supposed to read that uh, uh, a British company has been involved in arms trafficking to right. Syria, along with the U.S. government, and uh, because now there are no moderate rebels anymore in uh, Syria. Actually, I think, in my opinion, and from my experience uh, on the ground in Syria. There never had been uh, such a term uh, like uh, moderate rebels because moderate rebels can be heavily armed with uh, a 122 millimeter grab rocket. So, anyways, uh, now there are only terrorists in uh, Syria. So, if they publish that uh, the arms trafficking to Syria continues from Europe, um, they must confess that uh, now. The U.S. government uh, is arming terrorists. And to to go along with the whole inversion of freaking reality, I'm like losing my mind over here. People who say that, you know, people who are engaged in this and have been for decades, but they're walking around free and continuing to do this just right in our faces in plain sight. But people like you who say something about it, you get fired. People like Julian Assange, you know, they demonize truth, which is just, again, just is so mind boggling. Because so much darkness is going down, and it's like you said, it's preventable if we would just realize it's going on, I think. Um, talking about Julian Assange, this is the, 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 shame, the, the most shameful and outrageous uh, uh, thing I've ever read about. And I, I can't even imagine what he's going through now and his family and uh, um, WikiLeaks now because... Uh, he was supported by all Western media. He provided uh, um, truthful documents and uh, he was uh, on the cover of many of these news organizations. All of a sudden he became inconvenient and they literally demonized him and forgot him. And uh, um, 
it is um, something that shocked me a lot uh, because uh, if this can happen in a Western country such as the United Kingdom, the one of the greatest democracy, the democracies, uh, what what can we expect? In general, it's a dangerous precedent for sure. I mean, in in the light of so much evil, it only makes sense to demonize truth, quite frankly. I mean, it's they don't want the light shine on any of this. Like I was talking to Pat and we've talked about the Epstein thing. People think as if that's not bad enough. Human trafficking. I mean, he was involved in all of this stuff. Drugs, guns, people, people, bodies, parts, arms, washing, washing these billions of dollars through these financial institutions. I mean, there was so much more to it. And it's all kind of in the lane of all of this that we're talking about, this vast network. I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And um, I wish people be more compassionate. And if these are not their children, these are somebody else's children. These yeah. are children. These are children, but nobody cares. And... Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, the life of children in the Middle East, for instance, or Africa, uh, is not equal to the life of children in other parts of the world. Right. Yeah. So, what what do you think? What do you think is keeping? I mean, obviously, Russia, China, other nations are are doing their best to arm arm uh, combatants on the other side of the of the uh, trenches. You know what is what's it going to take for this potentially to blow up into a real, not only regional conflict, massive conflict, where American forces are involved or other, you know, British forces, other European forces, but also Russia, you know, actually entering. And and we we know that uh, you know some Russian forces have been killed in Syria. I mean, does this, you know, we're we're really walking a fine line here, uh, potentially to a global war, are we not? I don't expect uh, in the near future such a global war because uh, all these global world powers, uh, they know their interests and they follow their interests. And uh, um, if they had to clash with each other, for instance, in Syria, they would have done it so far. But now... The money train stops when that happens, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. They're so I mean, the global economy is here. They're so economically interdependent. These these symmetrical wars, you know, one side on this side, one side on the other, I think is kind of passe. <clears throat> they utilize kind of economic means, sanctions and more more symmetrical warfare, almost like Deliana getting hit on her computer. There's other ways for them to wage war now and still, you know, have a pretty hefty impact on on countries, economies, etc. I uh, haven't been in Syria since I was fired. <laughs> Actually, I was fired uh, in order to prevent it, to stop me from uh, getting back to Syria to continue this story. And I, I can't say what's the reality now on the ground in Syria, but hopefully I will return and um, I'll uh, keep you posted. Absolutely. About well, talking about, I don't know if you've heard of this gentleman. I kind of just caught one of myself. Have you heard of a guy named Victor Boat or bout? Yeah, Victor Boat. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have many Victor Boats now. Yeah. No. It's it's funny that that's absolutely true. I mean, if, if you're familiar with who Barry Seal was, Barry Seal was basically the American version of a Victor Bout, and I'm sure they're everywhere. But Victor Bout was a Tajik Tajikistani 
uh, Tajikistani, if I'm saying that right. Uh, basically, they called him the Merchant of Death. He was supposedly the inspiration of uh, Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. He was basically this you know big arms dealer that, to my understanding, you know even had a couple of contracts with the U.S. government to deliver arms in Iraq. But essentially, he he was cutting too much into this network's uh, profits. His his contract prices were way lower. And he was, you know, willing to take less money. And so they wound up uh, basically catching him up in a sting in Thailand and arresting him. And I think he's doing about 20, 30 years in an American jail. But, um, yeah, I just found that interesting because there's so many of those now. And from what I can understand, I mean, he's even in interviews echoing what we're saying here. If people only knew the truth, they're coming after and demonizing people like me when, in fact, there's so much bigger fish that are doing involved in this network that are doing way more than I am. But even the whatever profits he was cutting into, they were just weren't having it, and he wound up becoming, you know, a, a patsy, if you will. And, uh, we'll never hear about them. Uh, what I discovered in the leaked documents uh, was that um, um, private contractors um, have been uh, commissioned by the U.S. government or Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates to transport and to smuggle these weapons. And... Uh, this is a tactic or this uh, um, the use of private contractors is common for uh, secret services uh, when they um, carry out uh, clandestine illegal operations abroad. And this is the case, but uh, you will never hear about uh, these people. I published their names and passports if they are real. I mean, I'm not sure if they, these are fake passports or if these are real passports. But nobody will investigate them because um, um, the United Nations or Interpol, they, they're useless. It turns out that they, <laughs> they just, uh, uh, they're uh, international organizations which do nothing. And uh, I, I, I'm very thankful for giving me the opportunity to... Um, to tell my story and to talk about uh, arms trafficking because uh, if we can't stop uh, these crimes, I don't know who else can. I mean, journalists. And it's and it's even more frustrating because, like you said, and you've mentioned, we've even mentioned these organizations like the UN Refugee. You know, these people they're supposed to be protecting kids. They're oftentimes CFR, in- NATO, Trilateral Commission. All these people, uh, how are they involved? Yeah. Well, no, I mean they're always involved. You know, the UN who's supposed to be protecting kids. They're the, some of the big ones funneling, you know, trafficking the kids. They're here in the states. This company called the, the CPS. It's a Child Protection Services. They've been found to be involved in trafficking children. They're supposed to be protecting children who are victims of abuse. And we find out all too often that these heads of these companies. Or these organizations are involved in the very same stuff they're supposed to be preventing. It's it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, all right. Uh, before we let you slide, we do want to talk to you about, you know, because like I said in the beginning, you you confronted the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health, Robert Cadillac, back in the day and were kicked out of the parliamentary proceedings by forcing him to admit what you already knew through documents of these U.S. biological weapons laboratories all throughout Eurasia and Africa, 25 different locations. Talk to us about some of the news you found out about that. And if you don't mind, kind of tie that into something you brought up last time, which just blew my mind, ladies and gentlemen. Stop sending your blood into that 23andMe or whatever, because as Dillian has found out and we've learned about, they're able to create genetic-specific bioweapons. Talk to us a little bit about some of the facilities you found in genetic-specific warfare. 
what I specifically did was to go to Georgia, where uh, one of these Pentagon biolaboratories um, uh, is located, and uh, what I found there was that uh, U.S. Uh, diplomats, um, I say diplomats because they are uh, scientists, military scientists with diplomatic status, they have been involved in the trafficking of uh, human blood and frozen human blood and pathogens for a secret military program in Georgia. And um, I tried to, and I approached one of these uh, diplomats or military scientists uh, who turned out to be entomo entomologists. Uh, forgive me if I don't pronounce this word correctly, but this is a scientist who examines uh, insects. And this man um, uh, is working, uh, works, or worked. He was uh, at that point uh, deputy director of uh, the Pentagon unit in the laboratory in Georgia. And uh, he uh, is specialized uh, in. Um, examining insects and the, the diseases that these in insects can transmit. And I approached him and asked him what he was doing inside this laboratory and why he was driving a diplomatic car. And he said, he lied to me. He said that uh, he um, works for the U.S. Uh, worked for the U.S. Embassy. But according to the documents that I had, he was the deputy director of this Pentagon unit in the laboratory. Um, later on, he returned to the United States after I published uh, this documentary. I don't know if this is because I uh, shed light on the program or because his um, assignment was over, but uh, it is uh, very scary because uh, nobody knows what exactly happens inside this uh, military facilities and laboratories and what exactly viruses and programs they have been examining. Uh, but many of the programs uh, that they were uh, working on uh, were about um, um, possible um, use of insects as biological weapons. And they say this is to prevent the use of such insects as biological weapons, but this is a dual use, uh, uh, and these programs can be defensive, but it can be also offensive. Nobody knows if they examine how insects uh, uh, can transmit uh, genetically modified viruses in order to save humanity. This means that they also have the technology to uh, genetically modified uh, viruses that can be transmitted by insects and uh, it's very dangerous and I tried to ask but well, I was uh, expelled from yeah, the We know that mosquitoes have been weaponized, right? Uh, mosquitoes, also ticks, uh, which is uh, um, very uh, scary because uh, you you can't uh, protect yourself from ticks or from mosquitoes. Uh, it is just not possible. And your body is exposed to all these insects and you can't do anything. And um, unfortunately, when I publish this story again, Western journalists uh, either ignore it 
or just the comment that this was conspiracy theory. Jimmy Christmas. As usual, always conspiracy always, theory. Always, always. Right. Wow. So much to chew on, ladies and gentlemen. So much to chew on. I mean, the, the world's on fire. There's a lot of beautiful stuff going on in the world, too, but my goodness. These these wicked SOBs, man. They're, people just, we say it all the time. People just don't, the layperson just does not fathom the depth of the evil that is taking place right in front of them. Because they're just, I don't know, they don't have time to look into this stuff. And they just, it's a testament to their humanity, in my opinion. Like, no, people can never be that bad. But they are. Not all of them. But, man, the people that are running stuff are, are putting down some pretty, pretty wicked stuff. I wish to say something um, more positive, but I I can't. Yeah, you know, we got to take the good with the bad and always try to, you know, think as positive as possible. But, you know, it is tough, man. When you do shows like this and research like this and the work you do and you really are, you know, face to face with, you know, the darkness of humanity, it's it becomes hard to see the light. So hopefully you and Pat, you know, we just try to surround ourselves with loved ones and friends and try to try to stay in the light. But, yep. ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find out more about our good friend Diliana, check her out, diliana.bg. That's D-I-L-Y-A-N-A dot B-G. It's her website. Tells a lot of her special reports, a lot of her work. You can read a little bit about her. Um, anything else before we let you go? Because I know it's late there in Bulgaria. You're eight hours ahead. Sorry to keep you up so late. Anything else you want to close with? I want to thank you so much again and again for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about all this. And... Uh, um, I know that uh, it is uh, um, it is hard to say something positive, but the fact that uh, there are people like you there, and I can uh, speak freely from my country uh, to you on the other part of uh, the the world, it means that uh, um, not everything uh, is lost, and there is still hope, and we together can change this world we can together make a difference thank you so much i do believe you are correct thank you deliana patrick good to talk thank to you, you once deliana, again. and we will keep the first amendment alive over here so that we can express our disappointment and our views um hopefully indefinitely without a doubt without a doubt deliana gaitanzeva deliana.bg it's always a pleasure thank you ladies and gentlemen peace and so much love stay tuned there will always be more <laughs>